you know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback. And I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love to look what you're Even though I'm straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference for something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everyone. It's Tuesday, January 4th, 2022. This is the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Week 18 edition. Guys, as the new year arrives, the door closes on a lot of people's fantasy football seasons. Some of us were still fighting for that fantasy football title. Whether you have won, whether you've lost, whether you drew this uh, this past weekend, or whether you're still fighting in your fantasy football championships, we are back with you here. I'm Seth Wilcock, joined by Nate Polvo and Scott Rainier. We're be breaking down everything we saw over a wild, sensational Week 17 and how it applies to not just Week 18, but the 2022 fantasy football season as well. Nate, Scott, how are you guys feeling today? I'm feeling a, a little bit of a mixture of a winner and a loser coming into Tuesday here. No, I'm feeling good. I wrapped up. I won a championship game last night, so that was awesome. Um, I didn't make it to as many as I would have hoped, but I got at least one, and that always feels good. So I was happy about that. And it is kind of nice. I mean, I know I do actually have a stake in Week 18. I have a double-week championship, so I'm going to be paying attention, and I'm going to be available to help anybody else that I don't I don't judge anybody for being in a Week week 18 championship. Do you? You do yeah. you. Um, but – it's also nice because I know that breath and that break is coming. Obviously, still going to be doing tons of stuff in the off season, but just that that seasonal grind. Oh yeah, uh, but it, it, it's bittersweet. <laughs> it's bittersweet, like every year. Every year, every year since I started playing, I get to the end and I'm like, whew. But I'm also like, damn it, because yeah. no more no more fantasy football, like actual fantasy football, till till next September. So. You know, I'll send you some trades, Scott. Oh yeah, we got plenty of plenty <laughs> yeah, of we got plenty stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling great after this weekend. I've got two that are wrapped up that I won out of the nice. three that I was in. Um, we've got I've got a Debbie league. I'm actually up against uh, Kate from Ball Blast in this okay. one, and it's our first year of the league. And I went 0 seven to start the season, and then Ooh. I won my last Ooh. seven. Kind of a Miami Dolphins nice. situation. Nice. And I'm in the championship. And our commissioner, Shane Barrett of Fantasy Collective, accidentally made it a two-week championship. It was just supposed mm. to be this week. And I would have won if it was just this week by, like, six points. Uh, but we're carrying into next week. But I'm hopeful. I mean, I've got a pretty good roster, except I have Baker Mayfield as my quarterback, my nice. super flex. 
no, not nice. He's not playing. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, but good overall, man. And, you know, like Scott said, it's kind of bittersweet, but we have so much going on content wise and with our dynasty leagues and I've got some messy rosters to clean up. So I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to the break. It'll be nice. Got plenty of other stuff to do. Plenty yeah. of other stuff to do. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a couple leagues where the commissioner forgot to turn on first round buys and it really bit me in the ass. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. It's been a- sorry, Scott. <laughs> It was We've never work. done first round buys. I know. I'm just giving before. you. I'm giving you crap. But like ESPN and Yahoo didn't always give you the op- option for it, so that I remember anyway. Or I'm just a crappy commissioner. I don't. No, no, that that's not what I was saying. At all. Yes, it was Scott. It's fine. <laughs> I get it. It's fine. Guys, I, I I'll be honest. Like we're pretty open on the podcast. I feel like super bittersweet today. Um, it was a pretty emotional weekend. I did get two two titles. I won our office league. I won our hard hogs uh, IDP league, the first IDP league I've ever been in. Got that title um, over f- fellow in between media member Elliot Hicks. That was fun. And then I, I made the classic, tinkered with my lineup before kickoff. I sat Jared Patterson over DeAndre Swift. Ended up costing me a chip in oh, my Oh, no. Yeah. Penn All Star League. Uh, but I mean, I talked about it on Sunday morning. It is what it is. You, know, you can't go back. I can reflect on it. I know for next year. But yeah, that's kind of you know a staple of how this fantasy football season has gone. You know, and that bittersweet feeling definitely carried into last night. Heinz Field. Um, a lot of my friends were at the game. I was invited to go to the game, but just kind of make it out due to work. But ben, Big Ben, man, last game at Heinz Field. I don't know if you guys saw the end of that game, but. He walked off and almost did an entire lap around the stadium, just giving fans high fives. And he just he just took it in, man. And it was uh, it was it was a lot, man. I mean, that guy's been my quarterback since I was I was six years old when I went to my first Steelers game. It was his third ever start, um, second at Heinz Field. Wow. So, you know, to to be here now talking to you at age twenty four, you know, seventeen, eighteen years later, it's a pretty eerie feeling to to see your legend walk off like that. I can identify, man, because that was John Elway. He was drafted by the Broncos the year I was born. So he was my quarterback until he oh, retired. Wow. Yeah, one, two Super Bowls. He's the only thing I knew for that organization. Yeah. Which is a real, it's a real heartbreaker win. That's all you've known. And then you go on to all the years between him and Peyton Manning. Yeah. But hopefully that doesn't happen for you guys. It seems like you jump pretty well from quarterback to quarterback. So good luck. We'll see. Thank you. We'll see. There, there's a lot. There was uh, some Cordell Stewart years in there that were tough, and uh, Tommy Maddox that I, I, I very, very slimly remember. So we'll see how it plays Cordell. out. Oh, I should have worn my Cordell jersey for the show tonight. I just thought about it. Guys, we, we, we do have a pretty packed episode here. Um, we're Like we said, we're going to break down week 17, what it means for week 18, what it means for the 2022 season as well. Um, if, if you're new to the show, if you want to follow us, go to IBT underscore media. You can find the site, the show, everything we're doing. We're still doing content seven days a week up until Sunday. That will be um, really the final day of that. But we'll still be here all off season. We're going to have the podcast through the month of January. So we're going to continue to break down what's happened this fantasy football season. We're going to do a little ranking summit, bring our guy Dave Fantasy in, talk about our ranks, where we went right, where we went wrong, um, kind of everything that you need to know. For this time in the offseason, I'm sure we're going to talk about a little dynasty at some point this offseason as well, um, just because there isn't a lot when it comes to redraft. Um, guys, if you want to follow us as well, you can find me at between underscore Seth FF, Nate at Janate Jack FF, and Scott at Munder Difflin FF. Guys, let's go ahead and get into front and center. 
once again presented by our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. And this is an amazing time to be at Monkey Knife Fight, to be playing on that platform if you haven't played it so far this year. Um, guys, they have fantasy golf, fantasy NASCAR, fantasy football, uh, fantasy basketball, all the sports, a lot of the sports that we talk about here at In Between Media. So if you want to if you want to be over there at Monkey Knife Fight, I highly recommend you go over there. They got some great bonuses to double, triple your money, um, five times your money at times. Um, so use the promo code IBT. It's a free $5 game, 100% instant match deposit up to $100 when you use that promo code IBT. Guys, this is the great time to do it. You're, you might be out of your fantasy football league. The season might be over, but there's always a good time to win some money. Um, guys, let's go ahead and get into front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. I'm not you come to the just place. Just have some fun. Ain't gotta worry about not what it means. Come and give me another because the night is young. All right, guys, so we're going to break down the losers of it here in front and center. There are a lot of league winners out there, and there are also a lot of league killers as well. Guys, I want to start by none other than the new hotness in 2021, Jamar Chase. 11 266 yards and three touchdowns for the rookie. He totals out for the season so far, 79 receptions, over 1,500 yards and 13 total touchdowns for the rookie. Guys, it was an amazing performance from him, from Joe Burrow, his quarterback, 30 for 39 for Mr. Burrow himself, 446 yards and four touchdowns as well for Joe Burrow. First player ever to go back-to-back here in two games, with 400 passing yards and four TDs. Guys, it looks like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to be making history for a while, and they did it here for your fantasy teams in Week 17. Yeah, Dude, Jamar, Jamar Chase just – I mean, it was, the last two weeks, uh, it was most impressive was that first touchdown to me because mm-hmm. it was a short throw, yeah. and he just boom and was gone. Um, I think we can put to rest the whole they should have taken Pene Sewell. Yeah. Our I, I, discussion, I could, like I think we're done with that now. I think we could have been done with that, honestly, probably at at week three mm-hmm. and four. And I was one of those guys who was really on the on the Sewell train there. Me so, too. So I mean, pie on our face, but man, this connection is electric. Jamar Chase is an absolute hell of a player. I I don't know if I've ever seen a receiving output like that for a year one or maybe even a year two player in the league. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I love this for the Bengals. Um, seeing them succeed. Shout out Will Feltner, our buddy Will Feltner, who's a big Bengals fan. Yep. Um, but you know, they you know the Bungles, they're they've been a kind of a laughing stock for a while. And I, I just I like stories like that where teams, you know, find their stride. And I mean, Burrow, you know, he had the he had the the nasty injury, um, but he seems to be finally healthy. And I mean, both Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. T. Higgins had the blow up game the week before. Yeah, and I mean, not just like a hundred and touchdown, like a lot of yards, but Jamar Chase is on a different level. Um, to me, that game, what 
watching that game and watching him dominate it, it just reminded me of like 100% healthy, absolute prime Julio Jones. That's what it reminded me of. You know, just mossing guys on the sideline, reaching up, catching it over them, catching it on the left sideline, and then just piercing and outrunning everybody. Um, And what I noticed about that that touchdown is similar to Derrick Henry in my eyes. It's just effortless. Him Mm -hmm. outrunning everybody, it doesn't seem like he's running very fast. It's the same with Derrick Henry. Yeah, so I just think – I, I think the Bengals are actually set up pretty well here. I mean, Joe Burrow has gone completely bonkers the last two weeks, showing what you can do with those weapons. Mm-hmm. And big so, games, too. Big games. Well, and I mean, you know, in the fantasy world, for him to do that in championship week will never be forgotten by people that had him. Ever. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. people who faced him. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's now QB5 on the season after these two performances as well. Um, just a great story there in Cincinnati. And – Honestly, Scott, I, I I think like I I don't know if there's a player I can compare Jamar Chase to because even like he has a better nose for the end zone it seems like than Julio Jones. Yeah, and I mean I'm not career. a I'm not a big player comp guy. It was just kind of the utter domination yeah. of the game, like he yeah. did not necessarily the touchdowns, but the yardage, yeah. just the the like best player on the field without any shred of a doubt. You know, that's just, that Hill. reminded me of the, some of those like 300 yard games by Julio. Yeah, and against yes. Tyreek Hill and, and Patrick Mahomes, that's that's a big feat to accomplish. So hats yeah. off to whoever had Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Um, just a heads up, though, we, we, I don't know if Burrow's going to play here in Week 18, guys. Um, we don't. They already wrapped up the division, which is great for them. I'm an AFC North guy, so you know hurts a little. But um, <laughs> if I if I had to see someone win it, I'm happy for Joe Burrow. Um, I love the cigar in the mouth. Uh, shooter, shooter at the end of the game. That was fun. Um, but just be aware. I don't know if they're going to play in week 18. I don't expect them to maybe need all their starters here. The, the Browns haven't looked very good lately. So th- they might be playing for seeding, but just ha- have that have that in the back of your mind if, if you are relying on the Bengals this week. Guys, we've also kind of got spoiled by another rookie receiver this season, at least at the end of it. And that was Amon Ross St. Brown versus Seattle. He goes off for eight receptions, 111 yards, and one TD, has a highlight real play on a handoff, takes a draw mm-hmm. to the house, add add it all together, 35.4 PPR points for this kid. Guys, he's had four straight games of 11-plus targets, and during that time since week 13, he has also been the wide receiver two behind only Cooper Cup. Like, this has been absolutely extraordinary Guys, we talked a lot about him on Ross St. Brown in the offseason. We saw this from him. I took him in a lot of redraft leagues, like with my last pick or, you know, maybe off the waiver wire after week one or before it, but just didn't really pan out until week 13. And what we've seen since then, it is a different type of player, man. It has been fun to watch. Yeah, I got to watch him because Seahawks fans, so those are the games I watched the clip, you know, yeah. the most close. I hadn't really, I hadn't really seen him much this season. I hadn't watched a lot of Lions football this season. I've watched um, way too much of it. I'll be honest with you. Me too. <laughs> but I mean, noticeably, that dude—he's—he's a, he's a baller. And it's actually it's five straight games of eleven plus targets, eight wow. plus receptions. Um, my cousin just, my cousin in one of my home leagues, my cousin just uh, repeated his champion. And definitely rode the 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 St. Brown train all the way to the championship. Um, so I, I honestly, you know, I'm not much of a, I'm not much of a Debbie guy or 
you know, don't have a lot of experience evaluating and ranking rookies. Um, but I wasn't super high on him. I didn't see him. I didn't see him doing something like this, especially the way he's done it with Goff and Boyle and doesn't matter which quarterback has been in. He's been, he's put these games together. Um, I mean, you know, when Galladay left Detroit needed a, a, a number one wide receiver and it kind of bounced around all season. You know, we played the waiver wire with Quentin Cephas and Khalif Raymond and all these people, but yeah, it's, it's St. Brown. You were, you were hot on him multiple times this season. You were every waiver wire column. It felt like at least twice you highlighted him on raw, if not. And then once Khalif Raymond, we thought maybe he could be the guy too. Well, yeah, it was confusing. It was, it felt pretty clear cut to me when Cephas wasn't hurt. But once he went down for the season, it was like, okay, what's this offense going to do? I thought it was going to be Cleef Raymond at first. Not a knock on Amon Ra because I've liked him since before the draft. Yeah. However, I just thought Raymond was the guy. He seemed to be kind of tuned in with Goff, and it turned out it was Amon Ra, and it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He's just talented. Um, and he's a wide receiver one, I think, on that team. They're not, they're not going to go out and sign anybody. They let Kenny Galladay go, and we all thought, what are they doing? Um they let Marvin Jones go and we were all like, what are they doing? They're not going to have anybody to catch the ball for Jared Goff. It's because they had him on round. They believed in him. I'm high on him going into next season. I think this Detroit team is going to be better. I kind of believe in Dan Campbell. And I think Amon Ra's like a linchpin in that offense. It's helped that Swift hasn't been healthy. Yeah. Or but also, but right. Him or Hawkinson. But I don't think now at this point he's established what he's capable of and it doesn't matter anymore he's just he's a top tier wide receiver in the nfl now yeah i think i mean there's there's a sliver of a doubt because this this onslaught has coincided with swift being out um and i i'm not really i'm not really judging much on swift's return uh this this past right. weekend oh of course not of course not. Um, and, so. yeah 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 totally yeah, and, with Hawkins, and with hawkinson out but like to me, it's like, yeah, okay, so if those players are healthy next next year, okay, maybe he doesn't average 12 targets and nine catches a game. Maybe it's more like nine targets and seven catches a game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't sure. knock him too much for that. I think, like you said, Nate, he's shown whether they – I mean, you know, hand him the ball, throw him the ball, throw him the ball all all different places on the field. Um, right. Debo Samuel Jr., that- I was just about to say he reminds no, me. Oh, that's played, going a little too far. He's I think. a smaller guy. He's a smaller guy, but, yeah. but the way he plays, you know, it, it's kind of like a hybrid between a slot receiver, like a Cooper Cup, and and a Debo Samuel. Okay, I'll take that. You know, I, I yeah. think it's yeah, what, yeah, like, yeah. a lot of people wanted Tavon Austin to be out of college. That's kind of what he reminds me of, but he's got a little more girth to him than Tavon. <laughs> girth, but. Guys, it's been awesome to see it. We'll assess what it means for dynasty rosters, what it means for um, redraft next season throughout the offseason. I do want to highlight Cooper Cup as well. Guys, he has been absolutely outstanding this season. He goes for 695 and one against Baltimore here. 138 receptions on the season, over 1,800 yards, 15 TDs. Um, He could break some records here very soon. Um, We'll wait to discuss that for when it happens. But, guys, he's been above 30 PPR points six times a season, above 20 PPR points in 13 of 16 games. Worst performance was 11.4 PPR points. I mean, this season might be the best season I've ever seen out of a fantasy wide receiver. The only one I can think of that is similar, Calvin Johnson, um, uh, uh, when he had his breakout season. Um, But, like, even Devontae Adams last year, he kind of busted in the fantasy playoffs 
Cooper Cup did not. And then even Michael Thomas, when in his 2019 season, didn't have the sure um, upside that Cooper Cup had. Nate, what was your takeaway, man, from just this entire season from Cooper Cup and then capped with another solid performance? Well, I mean, first of all, I want to know who the 7% of people on Sleeper are that didn't put him in their starting lineup last week. Are you nuts? Inactive users, yeah. (laughs) Obviously, it had to be. Look, he's the number one overall PPR point scorer on the season. Wow. That's nuts. Obviously, he's wide receiver one in standard and PPR. He's a number 12 overall standard. If you take away the PPR points, he's still number 12 as a wide receiver. He's ahead of quarterbacks, running backs that you would think would be ahead of him. This has been an outstanding season, and it's exactly what I think most people thought was going to happen for him with Matthew Stafford because Matthew Stafford's a gunslinger. Would have been nice to see Robert Woods get more involved before he got hurt, and he was actually starting to. Then Woods going down. Obviously, Cup was going to get more volume. Yeah, yeah. It escalated, and then they brought in OBJ, and it didn't hurt him because he's an elite receiver. I mean, he's the best receiver in the game right now. I don't think you can question that. I think for probably the next like two to three seasons, we can expect probably not what he did this year, but he's going to be PPR wide receiver one, two, or three on the season every season for the next two to three seasons. It's it's exceptional, and I love what I'm seeing from him. The talent. And it, oh, it's just, and I have him on a lot of teams. If you couldn't tell from my excitement, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's been some discussion the last few weeks about the definition of a league winner, and he would be one as far as yeah. where you drafted him. And I mean, I have him on a couple teams, and it's just every week, no matter what. Like he, I think, had one or two down games, maybe. He had and three, even in even three games below 20 PPR points. Yeah, and that's the thing. In PPR, I mean, even the, those games were just because he didn't score a touchdown, but he still had like 11 catches. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was a it was a perfect storm uh, matching Matthew Stafford with Cooper Cup. I've always loved Cooper Cup because he comes from a tiny little school called Eastern Washington University up here in my yeah. state. They're the I think the Red Eagles, and their field is actually red. It's ridiculous, but it's completely that's red. awesome. I love yeah. That. Yeah, so I've always rooted for him. Um, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people thought he would be good with Stafford, but no one saw this. No one saw this come. I mean, he's almost 100 points of the wide receiver, 100 points ahead of the wide receiver, too. Yeah. Um, I want to look back and see kind of – I want to kind of put put together some data as to, like, who has been the farthest gap between the, the two at their position that, that particular season. But he's easily going to be that biggest gap this year from all the different positions, almost 100 points ahead. Um, it's crazy. It's just, yeah. I mean, just is consistently. And it's, it's the thing is he has a super high floor, but he was consistently near his ceiling. It seemed like most weeks, which is just ridiculous. And and like the crazy thing here is, is like, I I know it's hard to think back this long ago, but last season I won a dynasty league by benching Cooper cup for Cole Beasley. Like he was pretty awful towards the end of last season. I ended up trading away in that dynasty league. I mean, I got Leonard Fournette and Mark Andrews, so it was okay in the deal. But, I mean, it, like last season, he was kind of hard to trust at the end, but obviously it looks more like it was always an issue of Jared Goff rather than um, rather rather than Cooper Cup himself. Like maybe we were robbed of even more years where Cooper Cup could – like we saw it the year he yeah. tore his ACL how, or how elite he was or when he came back from the ACL tear. I believe that was 2019 at a top five wide receiver year. 
But like yeah. outside of that, like Cooper Cup could have been a guy who came to this league and and you know had consistently over a thousand yards, could have been a top a top ten PPR wide receiver for his whole career. So it's exciting to see. Um, I think Matthew Stafford still has a lot left in him. I'm gonna have to clean up that the pick six game a little bit. But other than that, I'm excited to see what we can uh, get from get from Cooper Cup and Stafford. Now, here. Stafford's gonna have to clean up that forcing it to OBJ and triple coverage with Van Jefferson wide open yeah. 20 yards down the field. OBJ is bad news. I, I'm i not – yeah, I'm not – I won't disagree <laughs> with that at all. We also don't need to get into that. Right no. same, same game, guys. Mark Andrews, um, once again, he's QB proof. Six for 89. No touchdown in the first time in a while, but finishes the season with 99 receptions, 1,276 yards, and nine TDs. Um, still could add to that total, of course, here in week 18. But, I mean, this is absolutely insane. Scott, you and I did projections, man, and I just did not see this. I mean, I, I was high on Mark Andrews. I liked Mark Andrews, but I did not see this coming. This is more than 400 more receiving yards than he's ever posted, 33 more receptions than he's ever had, and, and you know, right around his TD total high for, for his career. But this is going to change the tight end conversation. I think that's where we can kind of leave this here. Mark Andrews, he was a league winner to me. I mean, he didn't have the, yeah. the, the, huge, the huge output here in week 17, but he got you there. He didn't burn you here in week 17. Um, people are going to have a big conversation next year. Is it Waller? Is it is it Kelsey? Is it Mark Andrews? But I think right now, if, if you look around, I know uh, TMR last week, he released his top 50 players for 2022. He is Mark Andrews, a spot above Travis Kelsey. Wow. I did not see that. Yes, um, I love, love the, all of this because Mark Andrews was one of my bold predictions at the start of the season. And my bold prediction is that he would finish as the tight end three. So I was I was not even high enough on him because yeah. he's he's t- he's tight end one. He's twenty four points ahead of Travis Kelsey right now. So barring something crazy, he's going to finish. Go ahead. Well, with four with four four games without Lamar Jackson, that's like yeah, that's I mean about it too. The thing the thing that's so crazy about this thing with Mark Andrews is like even looking at it now, it's it doesn't necessarily make sense why he's yeah. been so good. They have thrown the ball more than in the past, but they still are a fairly relatively run-heavy team. You know, you've had a mixture of Huntley and um, Josh Johnson in one game and Lamar Jackson, but, I mean, it just hasn't mattered. I'm still kicking myself. I drafted Lamar in Scott Fishbowl, and then I I can't remember what round it was, but I was about to stack Andrews with him, and Andrews went, like, the pick before me. That could have changed some things in Scott Fishbowl, but – yeah, I mean, I wrote about him in the Mondays a few a few weeks ago. Um, you know, the thing about what he did this season is, you know, it's above his averages, but as far as kind of like expecting some sort of regression potentially, it's yeah. it's it's sustainable. Um, it's not some huge outlier when you just look at kind of what top twelve tight end, what what top twelve and top six tight ends have done. Um, it's not like he scored 20 touchdowns and he's not going to be able to, you know, he's done it in all facets of fantasy scoring metrics. Nate, you, you love tight ends, bro. Just asking you yeah. on the spot here. Would you, if we're drafting today for 2022, is Mark Andrews your tight end one off the board? Yes, he is. Any other so, thoughts here on the guy? So here's the thing. <clears throat> he's all they've got. I mean, really, he's the only one that they're willing to throw the ball to. 
because so look at the last two games, nine targets, five catches, eight targets, three catches for Hollywood Brown, 44 and 28 yards. And he's not getting red zone looks. Rashad Bateman, I mean, kind of the same deal. He had five targets against Cincinnati, four catches, 26 yards. Then he had 10 targets and seven catches against the Rams last week, but he only turned that into 58 yards. They're not getting the high-value targets that Andrew is getting because Andrew is the money player. And John Harbaugh is a smart coach, and John Harbaugh is going to build on what they did with Mark Andrews this season and wrap that offense more around that. Yeah, I mean, he's ascended into that group, that top group, because, you know, he also stayed healthy this year. Um, yep, which is huge. He, yeah, but I mean, more, he, way more he, snaps too, though. Like, like we had always seen because of his uh, diabetes issue that that he never played like close to full snaps, and it, it definitely elevated to a different level this season. Well, what's crazy too is like some of these games, like where he had he had a sixteen point game where he had only a sixty eight percent snap share, but he when he's on the field, he's getting looked at because he had ten targets with a sixty eight percent snap share. So he's just such a big part of that offense. They can rest him. And then when they roll him out, they're going to throw to him four or five times, six times, and then they're going to give him a break. Then they're going to throw to him four or five, six more times. I don't see that changing. They've been successful with it. With it. Why would you change that? I just – I love that there's another tight end in that group. It just Me makes – Me too. It makes the tight end landscape better. It makes you – you know, if somebody like Waller or Kittle falls because he's there, then that's, that's good for people in their fantasy teams. And I think – I think Pitts joins joins all of them next year too. There's there is not a more positive touchdown regression candidate in the league than Kyle Pitts. We will talk about Kyle Pitts here a little bit later on, guys. Let's let's round out our winners discussion just quickly talking about a couple of league winning RBs. Um, Rashad Penny, first of all, Scott, you highlighted him in your column earlier this week. Twenty five for one seventy and two against the Detroit Lions. He's been RB two since week fourteen. Sony Michelle drafted in the same draft as Rashad Penny, both above Nick Chubb, who has obviously been the superior running back. But Sony Michelle proved to be a capable running back, 19 for 74 and one here in in week 17. And then he's been RB7 since week 14. He's been stellar. Um, he goes into free agency here, unrestricted free agent here. So we'll see what, what if he gets brought back to the Rams or if he signs elsewhere. And then Devin Singletary, another player that, even if you would have asked me at week 10, is there any shot set that Devin Singletary is a league winner? I would have laughed in your face. 23 <laughs> carries, 110 yards, two TDs against Atlanta, RB3 over the last month of the season. I mean, this is this is changing the way I'm looking at running backs moving forward, honestly. like I, There's just so many of these guys showing up late in the season because they're healthy. They don't get a lot of run earlier in the season, so they're healthier than other people. And then – you know, people that we maybe have written off, like Sony Michelle, like Rashad Penny, Devin's. I mean, th- this is just uncanny. It, it was uncanny. Well, I think. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, Scott. All right. Um, yeah, obviously, I'm a Seahawk guy, so I, I think we can officially say after Nick Chubb's pooper game last okay. night that the Seahawks made the right choice. Yeah, yeah I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like Penny's a guy I've always rooted for. I, you know, I, I understand why when players, especially, you know, like a first round running back, um, when they struggle, the longer they struggle or the longer they just don't produce fantasy points, it doesn't matter why 
people start to just lose interest in, you know what I mean? I've but like as a Seahawks fan, as a Seahawks years, fan, I've always just been like, or a fan of any player, really. It's such a bummer when, when people keep getting hurt. It just sucks. You just imagine how much that, how hard they work and they're all ready to go. In college, I was, I was, I was set to play baseball as a freshman in college. And right before the season started, I broke my arm and like, I was going to be the starting left fielder. And it was just like heartbreaking. And that was just some random division three school. This is the NFL. So to see Penny do what he's done um, with all three of these guys, what they, one thing that they have taught me uh, with Sony Michelle and David Singletary and Penny is I really need to improve my kind of, it's kind of like take lock, except it's like reverse take lock. It's yeah. the, Oh, his name's Devin Singletary. So I can't ever like him. Even if it, even if new information yeah. is presented, I can't like him. Rashad Penny can't stay healthy. Sony Michelle, uh, you know, yeah. I have, you know, not that I could have predicted all three of these guys are going to do that, but I just think it's really important. You just have to remain objective as the season progresses. Cause as we saw this year, more so than pretty much any year, is what we thought in week one and what we know now are so far apart from each other. Um, and it's that way every year. That's, you know, this year it was, it was ramped up because of COVID and right. because of like a seemingly, you know, higher percentage of injuries, but every year, you know? So um, now what it means for the future of these guys, it's hard to tell. Um, I don't know where Penny's going to be next year. I mean, that's um, the thing with all these. I mean, you got yeah. a couple of you. He's a UFA, right? Penny's also a UFA. Like, yeah, they, they didn't they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Yeah. So I don't the four and a half million they saved by not doing that. We'll see if that would have yeah. been a deal or not. Yeah. I mean, Singletary will still be on the bill, so that'll be interesting. But I I could still see them adding adding an RB. But I mean, Nate, did you ride any of these guys? Were you riding at Singletary or uh, or the other two? Rashad Penny won me a championship. Thank you. You much. were on Rashad Penny twice this season too, Nate. You highlighted him once, I think, in like maybe week seven when he first came back from injury. And then you highlighted him again in your column. Another reason you should be reading Nate's column each week for your waiver wire pickups. Yeah, I think I highlighted I highlighted him ahead of week 16. And he's had 19.5 PPR points and 32.5 PPR points since then. Here's the thing. And this is why I liked him coming into the season. I drafted him a couple of places. I held him in a couple dynasty leagues. I had him. Pete Carroll was very clear that he wanted to run the ball more. He talked about it all offseason. And while I know that sometimes that's coach speak, this is a team that needed to run the ball more. Everybody saw it. It was something Pete Carroll loves to do anyway. So it was weird that they'd gotten kind of away from that. And Rashad Penny was going to be a huge part of that. If he was healthy, then he wasn't healthy. Then he was healthy. Then he wasn't healthy. But they didn't, by the time he was fully healthy, I mean, we're talking about week 14 when he finally saw over 50% of the snaps. They didn't have any. They were a DJ Dallas and Travis Homer because Alex Collins was hurt. And I had a feeling we were going to get to see him actually like kind of take a full load. And if he could stay healthy, we'd see what he really was. Oh, he's had 137 yards, 135 yards, and 170 yards. He's scored five touchdowns in that five or that four game span. Yeah. It's been, I think it's clear that he's a really good running back if he can stay on the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's going to be dicey because, you know, he went out as well with Sony and they played for checks. And I just don't think with the money that Seattle's giving Chris Carson, 
Unless Russ, unless Russ does leave, then then it probably Russ is up. gone. Sorry, I, Scott. I, I don't. You can never say that for certain, though. You can never say that for certain. We we thought Aaron. I Rodgers suppose you can't. Was gone at the beginning of the season, but guys, it was very fun. If you had these players on your team, mm-hmm. I, I was very thankful that we highlighted them, multiple of them, and last week's episode, the couple episodes, the weeks before, and some columns as well. Um, but unfortunately, there was some losers here in week 17 as well. Maybe none bigger than Antonio Brown and what we witnessed. Um, leaves the game, is cut in the middle of the game. It just came out today by Ian Rappaport that he didn't think he was 100% healthy, um, but the trainers thought he did, he was, and he didn't want to play. So Bruce Arians said, if you don't want to play, you're off this team. And you know some teammates, Mike Evans, we saw him trying to calm him down. Um, didn't really work. He left the game, took off his clothes, um, put his shoulder pads on the ground, threw his gloves, threw his shirt into his undershirt, into the crowd, out of all things. Um, leaves with just three receptions, 26 yards, does jumping jacks through the end zone. And, Nate, the craziest thing about this is we literally last week talked about – I went on a rant for about two minutes about how A.B. does not deserve to be in the NFL – and it, not this isn't a victory lap because I didn't see this coming, but holy shit, man, that was effing crazy. So I think something that I said on Twitter and to a few people who wanted to argue with me for some weird reason about it, this dude has been coddled and he has been, um, what's the word? Enabled. Uh, enabled. He's been enabled. He's been told time after time that well yeah don't do that but also it doesn't matter because you're so talented exactly it's like john ham in uh was at 30 rock where he's so beautiful that it doesn't matter that he's the dumbest doctor on the planet people swoon for him because he's pretty well antonio brown's a pretty talent and i'm not somebody else made this comparison but it's very true and we see this in in athletics in uh, the entertainment industry where these people are basically carried along because they have something to be milked from them. Antonio Brown, I don't think is any different. He has an entourage full of people who coddle him and take care of him and tell him that everything he's doing is great. Tom Brady. Tom Brady is part of that. And at a certain point, like you can't, how do you figure out on your own? Like, Oh, I do have a, like, I need to do something about this. Like I'm not right in the head. I'm, I'm making poor decisions. But everyone around you is telling you that you're making great decisions. And he just ran off the field and he quit on his team. And I hope he gets help. I was out on him starting this season because he is just, he's a live wire. Yeah. Live wire. And I hope he gets the help he needs. Uh, yeah. Really sad. And that Vontez perfect hit. Like if we want to go back in time and look at that, I mean, could we be looking at like real-time CTE? Because he was out cold, man. That's one of the most vicious hits I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, for me, whatever he's dealing with, I hope he can deal with it. I hope he can address it. I hope I hope he has some people in his world that are honest with him. I'm not going to speculate on too many things with him. Um, I was right. also, from a fantasy perspective... I was out on him. Um, he was one of my he was one of my topics in my most recent pulp fantasy, mainly just because he lied about being vaccinated, which is also not 
It's not yeah. healthy, but it's just, it's not healthy behavior. Forget, forget the vaccine and how you feel about it. It's just not healthy behavior. Yeah. So it was actually the, the bubble episode of 30 Rock with John Hamm. It was actually Aaron Rodgers that was compared to that episode recently by the was guy. Was it Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name, which was apt. But Antonio Brown fits that fits that as well. And again, I mean, I don't know what's being said behind closed doors, but um, of course, you know. But regardless of whether he thought he was healthier, whether he thought he was not healthy enough to play, and they disagreed. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's fault to go both directions in this specific instance but regardless of that like the way he reacted is not 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 the sign of a of a necessarily of a mentally healthy person um yeah you know so i mean basically where i'm at is i i I was out on him fantasy wise from the start of the season so i'm not i don't really have anything to say there um but if he's dealing with something whether it's whether it's something from football i just hope he can get help Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I agree with you guys. I think it might be the end of his NFL career, though. I mean, he's had too many chances now. He's been with what four different organizations, so he's been with an eighth of the league. Um, I thought he was done after New England released him. So yeah, I I, I did too. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with Antonio Brown, but I mean, it. I saw a meme. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I did see a meme. It's like. Me, me on New Year's Eve thinking 2022 is going to be a normal year. January 2nd, Antonio Brown in the end zone doing jumping jacks. And it just it, it did just describe. I was like, oh, my, here we go again. Um, but, guys, just want to close out here our loser segment really quickly. We did have some running backs who, who let us down in week 17. DeAndre Swift, seven total touches. He obviously wasn't totally healthy. A lot of fantasy managers got fooled. A lot of people in the industry, we had them ranked in the top 20 again. That was a lot, you know, pie on a lot of our faces, I guess. You can't trust the Lions with injuries. We know that. We, you know, the Lions bone you with injuries. That's what they do. Ronald Jones, though, if there was ever a time to besmirch the name of Ronald Jones, um, shout out to our guy, Herms. Who, you know, He's given out. approval. He says yeah, he gave approval to that. So it's okay. I mean, 10 for 21. One reception, one yard through the air. Um, Bo, if you guys haven't not listened to our DFS tailgate show, get on there. Nate, mm-hmm. Bo, Connor, every Sunday. I I, I won a, a big DFF, DFS poll last week. I beat Connor head-to-head specifically using these guys' <laughs> advice against them. So, but Bo called it yeah. um, bad day for Ronald Jones in week 17. And Cordell Patterson, he has been – pretty atrocious lately rb 39 since week 14 i think this is just a classic classic version of his body's not used to so many touches a season he's getting worn down being used as a running back um guys do you disagree with anything i just said i kind of just wanted to lay it out there i know we we have a lot left of the show to get to as well nope no i mean i uh i definitely started both deandre swift and ronald jones on a couple of teams. Um, luckily yeah. that didn't, luckily because of people like Najee Harris, Cooper cup, other folks like that, I was still able to win, but um, massively disappointing. I don't know what was going on with DeAndre Swift. Again, I was watching that game very closely and I love Jamal Williams. Jamal, Jamal Williams is a riot as a person. You know, I, I, I've always loved that guy, but I was like, why is Jamal Williams in there basically every snap? So I don't know if he just DeAndre Swift wasn't ready yet. I mean, Dan Campbell said, "Oh, he's fresh, he's ready," but who knows? Maybe that he was Coach ready. Speak. 
Um, I think it's possible. This was something that I thought. He got a good, DeAndre Swift got a goal line carry. And Quandre Diggs, safety for the Seattle Seahawks, made a great tackle, upended him, basically flipped him, flipped him in the air. It's possible that that play was seen and it was like, whoa, okay, let's let's not get this guy hurt. Yeah, um, good, maybe good, I don't know. Good point. Um, good so something something was up. I mean, he just wasn't in there. He he wasn't in there very much. So uh, Cordero Patterson, uh, to me, I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm almost in a way. Glad, not glad. Ugh, I'm going to sound like a dick, but <laughs> I'm sure you're fine. I'm o- I'm okay seeing this happen before the season ended because he's always been a guy, even at his height, where I was just like, "Is this gonna, is this gonna continue?" And it did much longer than I thought it would. And he was he won people weeks, and he was a great he was a great pickup for a lot of people for a lot of the year. But as far as looking ahead at where where he might get drafted next year. Now that I think we've seen this, I think, you know, it's not like he'll go undrafted, but I think um, people won't get burned like they could have yeah. with somebody like him. Because, yeah, he's never done this before. He's never had this kind of workload. Um, so, and then who was, our, who was our last loser? Rojo? Yeah, our, our buddy Charlie, our buddy Herms did give everyone permission to besmirch the name of Ronald Jones. I've been besmirching it for a year. Though. I know, I know. Um, I, team Lenny, baby. I just I got I got sucked in I got sucked in primarily by the matchup I think oh, oh but, the matchup was golden man if you can't if you can't make it against the New York Jets I'm sorry but you can't make it in this league as running back I mean he did get injured he left this game banged up with the ankle but I'm sorry I'm yeah I'm but sorry. he had plenty of time before that so yeah exactly guys let's go ahead and move into some would you rather presented by our friends over underdog fantasy Nate, I think it's the best time of year to get into underdog fantasy. Well, the fantasy season for most people is done. Over. So what that means is it's best ball season, Seth. Yes, sir. Best ball season is back. And underdog fantasy is the best place to play best ball. You've got contests starting at $3. Get a leg up on all your redraft. Kind of get an idea what ADPs are trending towards. It'll help you research some players. And you could win some money and you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is draft. They're going to have prop picks going on other sports, all NFL offseason. They've got NHL. They've got golf. They've got NASCAR. They've got all of it. And the best part, if you've never played, you can sign up with the promo code IBT and get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That is $100 free dollars to go out and win more money. It's a great deal, guys. So make sure that you go sign up with the promo code IBT. Get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 and draft some best ball teams. You won't regret yeah. it. Yes, sir. I'm sure we're going to be playing some best ball here in the next week or two, Nate. So we'll put some of those out on our Twitter feed as well if anyone wants to join and play us in some best ball coming up within the next couple of weeks. Guys, let's go ahead and move forward in the show with some Would You Rather. guys know the game would you rather we've played it in high school you've maybe played it in college anywhere in between the two as well 
I'm going to ask Nate and Scott two would you rather questions. They're going to, a couple of them are going to be fantasy football related. Two of them are going to be non fantasy football related. So, guys, let's start with the fun of it all. Would you rather have to relive the 2021 fantasy football season, take you back to September, not knowing what's coming, or would you rather have a similar season unfold here in 2022? COVID, some RB injuries heavy at the beginning of the season, and maybe a very disappointing week during the playoffs as well. I think if 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 I'm reading this right, um, if reliving this season we're just finishing up means that next season is not going to be like this season, then I'll pick that. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm the same. Plus, that means I get to go back and redo an entire year, so that sounds fun. Well, entire like four months. But not knowing anything, still. Oh, that's true. I wouldn't know. Still but having others. But what I know having about my smash stuff, player of the year being Robert Woods. Yeah, I'll do it over. Yeah, I'd do it over. I think yeah, I'll take the similar that. season. To be honest, I think I think I'm expecting maybe not the same similar season, but like, I mean, my takeaway is here. Like, I'm not a zero RB guy after this season, but you know, wide receivers are definitely a little more appealing. And you know, I'm going to be braced for COVID. Even in 2022, I know that sounds crazy, but we're going on two years of this son of a bitch. So we'll see. Yeah, what I mean, happens. I'll tell you, like I the first dynasty league, my first startup over the summer, I that that team made the championship game, which was awesome. Is but that the, it was the moose, moose leagues. Oh, am yeah, I it was the very first, you? very first moose league. Not not the one that I'm in with. Anyway, um, yeah. Anyway. Superflex, and I had five quarterbacks on my bench, and they were all out. Yeah. So I mean, I like it was one of those games where I just I went into the game like there's no way I can win this. I had Jordan Howard in my superflex spot. Right. So, but yeah, man. I try now. I I I I couldn't relive this season honestly. It's been it's been a little too much. I don't think I could go back through it again. But I'll take a fresh slate here in 2022. Guys, a question specifically here for our players that are out in week 18 trying to win a title here. If you're streaming a quarterback, would you be interested in playing Jordan Love or Tua Tagovailoa in week 18? Jordan Love, it looks like he might be getting the start here. Um, Green Bay, they clinched the number one seed in week 17. Um, Love, he's going to be playing Detroit. We don't know if Devontae Adams is going to be out there or Aaron Jones or even A.J. Dillon for that matter. We're not really sure. Um, just 11.9 PPR points for him in his last start against Kansas City. Um, but Russ just went off. Your guy, Russell Wilson, Scott, he just went off against Detroit. Um, and two tag below it. For a while, he looked like one of the best streaming quarterbacks out there this season. Really let people down here. In week 17, just 2.3 PPR points for him against the Titans. Um, QB 21, well below over, well below the last, uh, the other three rookies still playing out there uh, during these last three weeks. Guys, are you interested in playing Tua or Jordan Love this week? I'm I'm Jordan Love without much hesitation here, to be honest. Um, I mean, for one, it's a it's a it's a week 18 championship game. Um, my home league maintained a week 17 championship game longer than I would have liked. So, I mean, I, I've played in a fair amount of them and a, a lot of times it's about plays like Jordan love. Um, but in this specific instance, it's, it's not really about Jordan love. It's more about Tua versus the Patriots yeah. um, and the Patriots who have to win. Um, 
So I just the way the Patriots have been against quarterbacks this year, I just I don't see Tua. His ceiling and floor are both too low for me. I mean, Jordan Love could go out and score negative points. Sure, he's you know we don't have much of a track record with him, but he's got the Lions and. The quarterback I played Tebow over was the fill-in for Aaron Rodgers in Week 17. Matt again, Flynn, you know, baby. The, it was Matt Flynn. So mm-hmm. I, I have a little bit of bias towards the fill-in for Aaron Rodgers the last week of the season going off. I love bringing up ghost stories for reliving <laughs> old traumatic experiences for Scott. <laughs> Nate, you, you, are you riding with Jordan Love here? Oh, absolutely. Uh, something interesting I saw, which I didn't realize, which I, maybe this makes me a bad analyst because I didn't look into it, but um, – in the Miami, in Miami's winning streak, they didn't beat anybody with a record above 500. Yeah, they were all teams with losing records, and they're going up against a New England team that needs to win. Uh, they're going to get their ass kicked, and Tua is going to be on his back all day long. Jordan Love might not do much better, but I feel like the ceiling for Jordan Love is a little bit higher than Tua this week. So I'm right in Jordan Love. Well, and I mean it's true. Like the Patriots could jump out to a big lead, and like you know, in, in general, that can be potentially a, a good thing for a quarterback in garbage time. But the Patriots aren't really a team that give up garbage time points. They, nope. they they're, they they're not going to, they're not going to just let it last week. Yeah. What's that? They have a very good defense. Yeah. yeah I mean, last, last week, week against T law. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I don't see many, many routes for Tua to, to have a, to have, to score a lot of points. Yep. Agreed there with with you guys. Um, Last thing I'll note here is Jordan Love might have some experience with these uh, backup wide receivers since he is on on the second team here in practice. So it could go his way. I I agree with you, though. I'm playing Jordan Love over Tua. Um, Guys, uh, another would you rather question here for 2022. Would you rather have to – so we're talking ethnic food food groups here that are often found in the States – um, would you guys rather have to only eat Mexican food, Italian food, or Asian food for all of 2022? Nate, I think I know your answer for this one. I Nate. think you know my answer too. You you are the former chef, so lay us lay us down some some knowledge, Chef Nate. Oh well, I'm eating Mexican food because it's my favorite food. I would eat it every day if I could. Like, and that's the majority of like our on the fly meals. Cause we always have tortillas. Mm-hmm. We always have refried beans. We always have avocados. We always have cheese. I would eat Mexican every day, all three meals for the rest of my life. If I could, <laughs> I only I know mean, one Mexican breakfast dish. though. I know huevos rancheros. It's the only bre- like, Oh bro, you've got to try. So chilaquiles just real quick. It's my favorite breakfast. Okay. It's, Corn tortilla is basically like breakfast nachos with a fried egg on top. It's got like a a sauce on them. Really? And cheese and then beans and a fried egg. Oh, they're fantastic. I'm good with the rest. It sounds banging. Yeah, there's a lot of Mexican breakfast out there that's good. Breakfast burritos, bro. Yeah, never had a breakfast burrito. Yeah, never really got into them. This is a breakfast burrito from McDonald's. This is tough. (laughs) This is tougher for me, I think. For me, it comes down to Mexican or Asian food, um, but I, I also love Mexican food, like pretty much anything. We have some really good taco trucks in our neighborhood, really yeah. good. Um, street corn, oh, it's all so good. But I also am a huge fan of Thai food, Indian food, and sushi. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to let you go, Seth, before I make my decision. So, okay, so I will say the one I think food type I did not put on this that I should have 
I'm a big Greek food fan. I worked at a Greek restaurant mm, throughout college. Okay. And Greek food's kind of similar to Italian. It's not, you know, totally different, but I probably go Italian, man. I, I'm a sucker for like I like like salads a lot and pasta, pizza, taco you know, salad, of, bro. If Come I did on. go Italian, I would go Mexican, I think, over Asian. I, I, I think I'm a little more limited in some of the options with Asian, but yeah, I think I'd go Italian. I just think there's there's better there's better Italian just more diversity, I think, with Italian food than some of these other foods. Like, I like Mexican food, but I don't think my stomach a month in would be very good. See, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it three three different answers. So I'm gonna go with Asian food, and okay. part of the reason for that is actually the opposite of what. Um, hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. Brad, what's up? Brad? Um, the opposite of what you just said, Seth. In that Asian is that that's actually way more general than the other two. Way more general. Yeah. So because of that, because I could choose between sushi or Thai food or Chinese food or Indian food, um, I'm, I'm going with that. I, I did have a roommate in college. He was from China, and he could whip up some really cool Asian breakfast dishes in a dorm. So if he can do that, there probably are maybe some good Asian breakfast foods out there. I believe that. So I worked with a guy from Pakistan. He okay. was a political. He was here on political asylum, and his mom would send him with these like authentic, like homemade Pakistani like bulk lunches for all of us. Oh, dude, that's some of the best food I've ever had. Like the rice. Oh, if I could be guaranteed her cooking, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I might pick that for the yeah. entire year because it was. I mean, it's some of the hottest food I've ever had, too. Like, yeah. blows anything Mexican I've ever had out of the water. So I guess I would go Asian if I could have that. Homemade is always the best, though, man. A lot of like caveats. you know someone. Food. Yep. Yep. Yeah. G- guys, last one here for you. Would you rather keep her question? Would you rather keep Saquon Barkley for his 2021 ADP or keep Kyle Pitts for his 2021 ADP? RB34 finish for Saquon Barkley. He was the RB7, the ninth pick overall in redraft leagues. Obviously fell short of that by a wide mile. Um, was very disappointing here at the end of the season. And then Kyle Pitts, he was drafted as a tight end four, finished as a tight end five. 46 overall drafted, uh, just three spots ahead of Mark Andrews, which is crazy. Um, but Saquon Barkley, Kyle Pitts in 2022. Scott, I think I know your answer, but go ahead with this one. Yeah, mine. There's no hesitation. It's Kyle Pitts at at that draft slot over Saquon at nine. I don't. I mean, I've heard. You know, there's there's been rumblings, obviously, all season about which team Russell Wilson might go to, um, and the Giants have heard as one of them as a potential. You know, it's all just speculation. So maybe. Um, I guess that's a good question. But Kyle Pitts, like I said, I mean, he's he's kind of he's kind of just flown under the radar, I think, because of the insane amount of hype he had coming into the season. So when somebody like that comes into the season and with that with that type of hype, still puts up a, a thousand yards as a, as a rookie tight end, which is crazy. Um, quietly. But he didn't, what's that? Very quietly, he put up a thousand. It was very quiet, and I mean, it's because it's because Matt Ryan is you know not really seen as a, as a, as a, as a, as a high slinging quarterback. The Falcons weren't really that great. Um, and it really, it really was hindered by a fairly anomalous 
uh, amount of touchdowns. As far as if you if you just compare touchdown percentage over a certain amount of time for tight ends, you know, touchdowns divided by targets, he should have had like five. You know, just if you're looking at it like that. So how many did he have total? One. Oh my God, was it really yeah. one? So he didn't. He didn't really have. He had. He had a couple of. He had a couple of blow up games. Couple of games where he just where he blew it up fantasy points wise. Wow. But other than that, he just he was just kind of steady. He didn't kill you, but he didn't blow up for you. So I just think he's he's kind of unfairly. I mean, maybe it's not unfair. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. But um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be great next year. So if I can keep him, is what'd you say? Forty six overall. Yeah, forty six end of the fourth round. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm that all, all the way. I, I'd rather use my first round pick on somebody other than Barkley. Nate, mm, I same. I have nothing to add. Scott said it all, but yeah, no, Pitts all the way. Word. All right, guys, let's move into some sure things sleepers of the week, presented by Stevens Quality Barbering Services. Guys, in between fam, I've been going to Stevens Quality Barbering Services for about the last seven years now. Um, Got, got me through the end of high school, got me through college, got me through my young professional career. Always looking sharp for those big occasions. If you're in Western PA, Central PA, wherever, go to Noah. He's going to get you hooked up in Kerwinsville, PA. Go to visit or vi- visit stevens-quality.gembook.com. Book your appointment today. Get in with Noah. You're going to have a quality haircut at a quality price. Have a quality conversation and a quality experience all the way around. Stevens Quality Barbering Services, baby. Kerwinsville, PA. You guys know where to find it. Let's go ahead and get into some short things, sleepers of the week. It's the short thing. Sleepers of the week. All right, guys. Before we jump into short things, sleepers of the week, I wanted to, to wait till the end of the show, but... Um, we do have a lot of our usual YouTube uh, interactors and uh, viewers. And I did just want to give a shout out to everyone who's tuned in throughout the entire uh, 2021 season. The support has been absolutely unreal, um, whether it be on social media, on YouTube, Apple, iTunes, whatever it may be. So I just wanted to thank everyone who's tuned in throughout the year. Listen to us talk shop fantasy football. Listen to us talk lifestyle, life advice. And we really do appreciate all support. Hitting that subscribe button. Um, hitting that subscribe button on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever it may be. It really does help us um, when we when we go to acquire sponsors and everything we do in the off season. So thank you so much. As a young entrepreneur, I cannot thank you guys enough. Um, guys, let's go ahead and get some short things, sleepers of the week. Last year, last week we hit on a couple. Um, Jen, she recommended Boston Scott. If you right. fired up Boston Scott this week, you were happy. Um I can't even remember who I don't even remember who, who I said fire up, but it, it did hit. I remember that um, as well. But guys, uh, Nate, starting out with you here, man, who do you have as your short thing sleeper of the week? So I like Malik Turner this week. Michael Gallup's down. Um, he's had some up weeks. He had a 17.5 point day in week 16 last week against Washington after Gallup went down. And then week nine against Denver, he had 17.65 PPR points. When he's given an opportunity, he scores points. When they feature him and use him and throw him the ball, he scores points. With Michael Gallup out, I think he's probably going to be featured over Cedric Benson alongside, obviously, Cooper and Lamb. But I think he's a part of this offense. They can't really run the ball. I mean, Zeke's been terrible this season. 
Tony Pollard's been iffy at best. Yeah. Since like the first like two weeks, because it was Zeke, I saw a number today that like I looked at, I was like, that should be shocking to me how bad it is, but it's not. Yeah. So they, this, this offense runs through the air. They're one of the best teams in the NFC. They're pushing for a better playoff spot. I think that there's a really good chance Malik Turner goes off this week. I like that. I think you could be a good dart throw DFS play as well. I'm sure yep. you guys will oh, 100%. probably talk about that on Sunday morning with Bo and Connor. But yeah, Nate, I, yep. I I know this is probably a deeper cut one. This is probably if you need a wide receiver for maybe a second flex. But um, I think this is one that could actually pay off. My my only question is like, what is going on with Cedric Wilson? I kind of thought he was the guy. I had him stashed in a lot of dynasty leagues, but Malik Turner's getting that snap share right now. Mike McCarthy, man. Dude, that's all it is. Also, you said Cedric Benson. Uh, yeah, no, I was going to point that out. Yeah, I, I love oh. Cedric Benson. Though that man was carried me in a couple of leagues a couple of years. So. I love Cedric Benson, man. Yeah, yeah, he was one of those guys that came back from the dead. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And Scott, who, who do you have? Um, I think it's also another player who came back from the dead this year. Yeah, this is this is a player that I honestly didn't really realize was on an NFL team earlier in the season, and that's Dante yeah. Foreman. Um, Probably not quite as much of a sleeper now that it's week 18. Um, you know, he's he's he he's a guy that you have if you have, you're probably starting. But I think I just think he's in for a big week. Um, I don't I don't know how much I buy into revenge game narratives, but he's up against the Texans, you know, the team that drafted him. And he's been solid. Um, not every single game, but he's been he's when Derrick Henry went out, he's kind of taken over that role, kind of the power back. Uh, put up put up a hundred plus against the Patriots, which is never easy to do. Um, and yes, he gets he gets the he gets the Houston matchup this week. And Tennessee's sitting in the one seed. They win, they have the one seed. Yeah. So I think that they win handily. And I think that Dante Foreman could benefit from a fantasy standpoint of a Tennessee team winning handily against a team that has been dead last against running backs over the last five games. Love it. Nate, who you got for us? Already oh, wait. No, nope, sorry. You already went. You already went. <laughs> Cedric bad. Benson. You think Cedric Benson's going to have a good game? Malik Turner. Brain, brain is a little mushy, so forgive me on that one. Dude, tell um, me about it. I had a sick kid all day. I got to say, Malik Turner sounds like kind of that perfect last week of the season guy. You know? He really I'm does. I'm going to say week 17 because that's what we've said our whole lives, but yeah. perfect week 18 guy. You know, like your Rashad Perryman's of, of past. Yeah, season. just like a guy that could just hit, you know? Yeah. Ruben Seth, Foster. I really like yours. Thank you. This is a I guy I've, I've been playing. I picked him up in a couple dynasty leagues a couple weeks ago. I picked him up and rode him in Scott Fishbowl all the way to the semis, and that's Braxton Berrios. He smashed last week. Yeah, yeah coming did. off a career day, guys, 24.7 PPR points for Braxton Berrios here. He's wide receiver 17 over the last month. No Michael Carter here. Um and guys, I said this a couple weeks ago on both the show and in my starts in Seth column. Jameson Crowder is not Jameson Crowder anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. Braxton Berrios has shown in any opportunity he gets, he is an efficient player. Um, no Tredavious White here against the Bills. We know there's going to be some junk time for Berrios. I think it's just you know the, the Bills haven't looked haven't looked like a terrible secondary, but I think Braxton Berrios is going to see enough garbage time. I'm not worried about Elijah Moore coming off the IR if he does this week. Um, I think Braxton Berrios, he won, he won me a couple of DFS games last week as well. Um, so the DFS, 
Um, season long this week, I think Barrios is a sound wide receiver three. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I just yeah, wrote about it. I agree. It, so. I, I, and he's even someone like I would like – we're going to talk about here to round up the show players we're excited about for 2022. And if I didn't have another player I want to talk about, Barrios was kind of the player I also wanted to feature. He is an unrestricted free agent here. They might bring him back to the Jets because we don't know what the status of Jameson Crowder is. I think he's out of New York here after this season. Um, but Berrios mm-hmm. is a guy, whether it's Bill Belichick up there in New England or someone's going to grab themselves a really nice slot receiver here in Berrios this offseason. So make sure he's on those dynasty rosters. He stays in New York. You were you were confident about that. You were confident about that earlier. I know. We'll see what happens to him. Um, guys, let's go ahead and round it out here with um, some in the scope. We're going to talk about 2022 players we're hoping that impress. I have the tires in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. All right, guys. So in the scope, it's our way of usually finding waiver wire targets um, a week early. This this time, we're going to talk about 2022 players uh, a year early. And I want to just set the scene. Normally, guys, I hand it off to you here. But I'm pretty passionate about my In the Scope candidate this <laughs> week. Um, so, like, let's just talk about it. Let's rewind. Because I'm going to be honest. I, we have receipts. There's podcasts back somewhere if you want to listen to it. But I thought the Eagles were going to be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NFL. I thought it was going to be them, the Jaguars, and the Texans at the bottom of this thing, maybe the Lions. But, I mean, sure, Jalen Hurts hasn't had any signature wins, as a lot of people have pointed out to me on Twitter recently. But what Jalen Hurts has done is taken a bottom five roster in the NFL and taken them to the playoffs. Um, You know, it hasn't been super sexy at times. 16 TDs for him. Uh, nine interceptions, um, only only 3,100 yards through the air. He still needs to improve there. Um, but, guys, we also saw 784 rushing yards on 139 attempts, 10 TDs on the ground. Those were Lamar Jackson almost type of numbers. It's a little bit stepped down, but it's better than where Kyler Murray's been a couple of the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, guys, like, let's, but let's be honest here. The, the Eagles' offense is not that great. Their line was absolutely atrocious last season. Um, Jason Kelsey has really returned to form. A couple of those other guys on that offensive line returned to form despite losing a a couple of those key pieces to injury earlier in the season. But, I mean, guys, he really has looked solid, and and Devonta Smith is their only wide receiver who is worth a damn. Jalen Rager looks like a huge bust right now. Um, Huge. Yeah. Just for instance here, Devonta Smith has accounted for – 27.8% 27.8% of Jalen Hurts' yards, 31% of his passing touchdowns as well. So I think if they can get this kid a wide receiver in the draft, maybe sign a veteran or two at the wide receiver position as well. Like he's throwing to Greg Ward out here. Like nothing against Greg Ward, but like it's just Greg Ward. And yeah, it's not a name that excites you. Exactly, man. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if he can get a couple better wide receivers, I think Dallas Goddard is overpaid now. I'll be honest about that, but he's still a solid. He's still a solid tight end. Um, like when you actually compare these sixteen starts Jalen Hurts has had compared to Lamar Jackson's, they're eerie similar. They're eerie similar. Do I think he's as good of a passer? No, but could he get there? Yes, if he works mm-hmm. on his craft. 
And Jalen Hurts, man, he has been doubted, whether it's been Alabama, Oklahoma, here in the NFL, second-round pick. I believe in this effing kid, man. I believe in him, and I think he's going to be, you know, he'll probably be maybe a top six or seven QB and ADP next year, but I still think he's going to be worth worth the draft price, and I think I want to have him on more rosters than I did in 2021. He's currently currently QB seven points per game ahead of – uh, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, and then a bunch of scrubs. But, you know, um, I don't know what else this guy has to do. I mean, no one is saying he's the best quarterback in the league. No one is saying he should be the MVP. No one is saying that all the credit for the Eagles record goes to Jalen Hurts. Apparently, all people are saying all people are saying is that he's he's a good quarterback. He's a good fantasy quarterback. Um, He might not be the best throwing quarterback ever, but I mean, for for fantasy purposes, he's got that rushing floor. Um, And what he's done with Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard, basically. Um, Granted, the Eagles have run it like they they flipped the script so such a 180 degree turn uh, from passing to rushing over the course of the season. But even then, like I said, QB seven points per game ahead yeah. of those quarterbacks I named. So him going as QB seven in next year's drafts, I'm all good. I'm all good with that. Same. I mean, he's the overall QB eight. Yeah, in total points. Yes. Yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> Nate, who, who you got for us here? Twenty twenty two, man. All right. So this is a little deeper than Jalen Hurts. It's Trey McKinney. So if we're being honest. So first of all, I wrote about him in my column that came out today. Second of all, I may or may not have drafted him a couple places because of his name. Same. Yeah. It's like McKinney. Okay. Guilty as charged. Like didn't love the talent. I didn't really know what he was. I watched some film on him. Didn't feel amazing about it. He's had eight, seven targets this season. He's caught six of those. Most recently against the Broncos this past week, 17. Three targets, three catches. He gets his hands on the ball. He's talented. He's a decent route runner. He seems to have some sort of rapport with Justin Herbert. But the most important part is that Donald Parham and Jared Cook are both unrestricted free agents going into the 2022 season. Parham is a is a exclusive exclusive. Like an ERFA. I will. That's not what Spotrack said. Spotrack said he was unrestricted. I I, I edited your column and I went and checked that. So I think it is an ERFA. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. But but regardless. Which is fine, but they're both free agents. And I don't think they're, I really don't think that they're interested in bringing either back. I agree. They took McKinney. He's a fourth round tight end. You don't see most tight ends go number four overall or ever. So forget about – and Fryermuth was a first-round talent. Fair enough. Or a second-round talent. Fair enough. He was not a – I like McKinney's talent. I don't care that he was drafted in the fourth round. I think that there's a good chance that he could be very good. Is his ceiling as high as Kyle Pitts? Absolutely not. Or Patty Muth? Definitely not. <clears throat> but could he fill some sort of like, I don't know, like tight end six, seven, eight role? where that's where he kind of sits and you're still getting enough points out of him where it makes sense to start him. Yeah. Over a guy like Irv Smith or Ricky Seals Jones or Logan Thomas, when he's healthy, 
I think he could be on par with some of those guys. When I think, I think Nate, more than even the talent here, it's the situation he could find mm-hmm. himself in here. I mean, if you take Jared Cook's numbers and you take Donald Parham's numbers from this year and you smash them together, they're, they're decent, but like we've seen tight ends in their second or third year. Dawson Knox is a great example just a yes. great situation for Dawson Knox. Yes, he was a talented player. He beat up, he beat out Jacob Hollister for that position. They didn't really have much at tight end coming into the season, the Buffalo Bills. But just a great situation with a great quarterback, high volume passing offense. They're yep. going to go for it on fourth down, no matter where they are. So, right, I, Nate, I think you're onto something here, man. I I think if you're in that dynasty league, he could be out there on free agency, scoop him up. Yep. If not, maybe throw out a fifth or fourth round pick um, or like, you know, an over the hill veteran, like you said, in your column, Nate. Yep. Yeah, I like, I like that call. I think McKinney's one of those guys I'm picturing um, as drafts unfold, like redraft drafts. Like I always have a couple of people later in the draft I'm targeting, you know, McKinney's probably going to be one of those guys. Yeah. He could be in for a big year unless they go out and sign somebody, but I don't know who they'd sign. But he, to your point, he's not going to cost much. Nope. It's no. getting out before with, with a guy like that. Nope. Yep. Good call there, Nate. Scott, round us out here, man. Who you got? All right. Oh, I'm going to go with a guy that IBT kind of planted their flag on back during the rookie the rookie season. Um, and that's Michael Carter. Yep. The the Not the cornerback, but the running back for the, <laughs> the New York Jets. Um, every, t- every time I look it up on Pro Football Focus, I pick the wrong one. How about it? Um, How about it? Yeah. Or sorry, Pro Football Reference. So – um, and the reason I'm very excited about him also has to do with uh, kind of a risk reward that I foresee being the case when draft season comes around. He did not go off this year. Um, he did not by any means take the fantasy world by storm this year, any place for the jets, but he still finished as the RB 24, at least as of now, RB 24 in points per game. Um, and, you know, he, 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 he battled, he missed some games. Um, he had a few, a few pop games. He had a 14 target game. That was a little bit anomalous, I think. Um, Not quite, baby. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think he showed enough, in my opinion, to, I think, start the, start next season as not the bell cow, but the quote-unquote lead back for the New York Jets. Plus, they have like 30 picks in the first round this year. So they're going to be adding to the, you know, they're going to be adding to their team. Um, I know that very well because one of them is a former Seahawks first round pick. Um yes, but so so the reason the reason I'm excited is because I think he's a really good running back, and I think the Jets are on the upswing as opposed to the downswing, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to be a perfect candidate if you do go a little bit heavier on wide receiver earlier in your draft, or if you do the anchor RB thing where you take a you take a running back in the first round and then then load up on receivers. I think he's kind of a perfect target for once you get past the. I mean, I don't know where he's going to be. I don't know where his ADP is going to be. All I know is that. I don't think he wowed enough to be like a third rounder. Probably you know what I mean? Fifth rounder. I think he's a perfect target as a running back for next year. Yeah. You know, I'm on the Michael Carter train. I've been on the Michael Carter train since before the draft. I, I love Michael Carter's talent. He's going to make the New York Jets very happy. Scott, great call. Yep. I, I agree with you there, man. I He proved it on the ground. He proved it through the air. He's got what it takes. We'll see if he can put it together here in 2022. Guys, speaking of 2022, we were going to be here throughout the offseason. Um, we're going to continue to go every week um, throughout the month of January. Then we're going to slow things down. 
go every other week. We'll keep you updated what's going on with the show, what's going on with the site. And we'll have a publication schedule out for the offseason here within the next month. But hang with us, guys. We're going to take all the data, all the sample sizes that we've seen over the last, what, 17 weeks now. And we're going to pile that together. We're going to get you the best information we can. We're going to continue to give you some lifestyle advice along the way as well of the feel-good variety. Nate, Scott, it has been an eventful 17 weeks, to say the (laughs) least, my friends. Um, Nate, can you round us out with with any final thoughts, words of appreciation, any advice as we head into week 18 and the offseason? Oh, well, appreciate the break. For most of (laughs) you, you don't have a championship. Um, Fantasy football's fun. And the season's over. So unless you're an analyst who's trying to kick out content, which most of you probably aren't, take a break, spend some time with your family, have fun, enjoy the upcoming spring and summer where it gets warm again. Let's go. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Just a few more months. (laughs) Like, you know, um, enjoy yourselves and check out some of our content. We're going to be doing some non-football stuff that you might enjoy. Yep. Oh, that's funny because winter like literally started two weeks ago. But um, I want to echo what Seth said earlier and the appreciation to anybody that's watching right now, people in the chat, anybody who checks out all of our content at IBT, anybody who reads my column or watches my goofy ass YouTube show, Pulp Fantasy, um, or just interacts on Twitter in general. It's, you know, I joined IBT a little over a year ago and man, it has just been it's been such a life changer for me, this whole experience. So, and that only happens, you know, with, as a group, as, you know, as Cooter Doodle would say, you know, we, we're in this together, everybody, we're, we're in this together. Um, so yeah, take a break, do what you got to do, but just know I have big plans for this off season. Um, this is my first time going into an off season after having paid attention, like I just did for 17, 18 weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of plans uh, to throw a big pile of data on the floor and start sifting through it. So like Seth said, expect we're going to keep pushing out content, just not quite as often. Um, and then you know where you can find me. I'll be on Twitter way more than I should be. So yeah. thanks. I think everybody. that goes for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Nate, Scott, I appreciate your guys' help throughout the season, helping our viewers, our listeners get through these weeks the best we can whether it be life related whether it be fantasy football related we're always here for you guys um i want to shout out our our guy who makes all the music here for the in between fantasy football podcast nate miller at ism on all your streaming platforms um his music gets me pumped for these show guys i love sitting in there for the theme song um the drop so thank you Nate. um also thank our guy kyle behind the scenes of yeah shout out kyle yeah, Kyle, I mean, every week he, he's editing this podcast, getting it cleaned up, put out on the audio waves. So, Kyle, we appreciate your help in the back end. And just thank you for all the support, man. All the support for every everyone who's been out there this entire season, not just this season, but last season as well. Um, we're rolling up on the two-year anniversary of In Between Media here in June, and it has been an absolutely wild ride. Uh, I'm going to talk about it more here in some upcoming columns, but – this industry, this journey has given me a place in life. I think it's given us all a place. We found each other through this, some of our best friends. So I'll never take it for granted. I'll never take this wild ride and all our listeners and viewers for granted. Thank you guys for the continued support. If you haven't already, 
please hit that subscribe button on YouTube. It means the world for us. Um, hit that subscribe button wherever you guys are, iTunes, Spotify, wherever it may be. We're going to be back throughout the month of January every week to talk to you guys, and we'll slow things down. But until then, guys, keep it in between. Good luck here in Week 18. The In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what you can to become a better person, to become a better human.